Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you in 29 seconds time. Tyler Wright, Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting. Uh, we will also hear from uh, Jim Matheson, who of course is a longtime uh, Edmonton Journal writer with Post Media in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Weather's now brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Bob Stoffer, Cody Jansen with you. We'll tell you all season long the Oilers Now Injury Report. Brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Jim Brown, of course, involved for years the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings and Trent Brown, uh, an all-star safety who won a Grey Cup uh, with the Edmonton Eskimos back in the day. They want you to stay safe and stay positive. Well, a little storytelling here for you. When we have Mike Krushelniski occasionally on the show, he often talks about August the 9th, 1988, and he says, Bob, we all know that the key player that moved in that trade to the L.A. Kings was not Wayne Gretzky. It was not Marty McSorley, but it was me, Mike Krushelinski. And I know when people talk about the 1991 NHL draft, as much as, you know, Eric Lindros and Scott Niedermeyer and uh, Peter Forsberg ended up being Hall of Famers and Lindros kind of stole a show because he didn't wear the Nordiques jersey that day, the real story in that 1991 draft is the man who joins us next. We welcome back to the show, Oilers Director of Scouting. He went 12th overall in that draft, Tyler Wright. Hi, Tyler. How are you doing? Good, Bob. Uh, try to forget about that draft, to be honest with you. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Was it a long day, or why, why do you try to forget about that draft? The nineteen. I mean, you went in the first round of the NHL draft. You played six hundred games in the league. That's that's a yeah. deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's. That page has moved on, and I've moved on too. So, uh, but it was—you know—I mean, it was exactly what you said. Uh, a lot of really good players. Not saying myself, but uh, um, you know, Lindros did still, still the show in that draft. But uh, you know, Forsberg kind of sh- shocked the draft. They standing up and taking them at six. Um, you know, Scotty Niedermeyer going early. Uh, you know, to the New Jersey Devils, and you know, was in the Tom Curvers trade. Um, so yeah, a lot of history and a lot of good players that went. Uh, so you I mean obviously it's a big, it's a big time in my life, and and that. So just wish it would have kind of, you know, had a little bit of better production with uh, you know the oil uh, jersey on. But that's kind of thing how things shake up. Yeah, it, it is. But you know, I just want to hit on something here. I mean, uh, first of all, it was. I, I got to tell you, I'm a guy that's been. You know, I'm a little bit older. Than, I'm seven years older than you, Tyler. So, uh, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of drafts over the years. The '84 draft. Uh, you know, I I played with guys two years earlier that got drafted in that draft in 1984, and uh, and wasn't good enough at that time to play in the 14 team WHL as a 17 year old. 
And and I remember Eric Lindra or uh, Mario Lemieux going number one in '84, and he was a hell of a player, and everybody knew it. But in '91, Lindros was. We'd all seen what he'd done in uh, in junior hockey already. Oshawa won the Memorial Cup, and uh, I actually broadcast his games in the Canada Cup in 1991 in Saskatoon that year. He was on the Canada Cup team being drafted at, at 18. But I, I know we make a huge deal about the draft today, but to me that was the one draft that really was such a storyline because every like could you guys feel it when you're sitting uh you know you're sitting in the audience waiting to get called up at that time did you i mean everybody kind of knew all the drama wood lindros where the was that going on for all you guys oh without a doubt it was i mean there were two stories it was it was the eric lindros draft and everybody else that was kind of the you know the storyline you know was Quebec going to trade him? Was he going to go up? And um, you know, it was just kind of not if and who. It was just kind of when and how it was all kind of going to play out. And then everybody else. And the, the one thing about the '91 draft too, as well, there was still an implemented rule that as a as an 18 year old, you had to get drafted in the first three rounds, or you couldn't go in the draft. So, right. I mean, that's that's kind of gone out the window. Not kind of, it is out of the window now. But um, so. That, there was a lot of drama that took place, obviously, in, in that draft. I mean, Pierre Fulton was shocked, shocked the whole draft. Um, and you know what? I'm sitting with Peter Forsberg at the draft. Don Beasley uh, was our, you know, the late Don Beasley was our, our our agent at the time, and didn't have a lot of guys. Didn't know Peter from a hole in the wall going to the draft. And um, <laughs> I mean, he was as shocked as anybody that he went that high. But obviously, you know, good on the Philadelphia Flyers. They 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 took their guy and stuck with their guns and you know turns out later on and you know how things turn out where you know he's a hall of famer and um it's amazing they they take a little bit of flack at at the draft about taking this you know kid named peter forsberg so high when everybody else had him kind of ranked and uh it's kind of nice to see how it turns out to play that uh you know they were right just before we get to how much work goes into it right now like back then, did you guys? You guys, there, there, there was no combine or anything like that in 1991. Uh, you skated, you, you, you played when you played. Uh, there wasn't the evolution of the, you know, the 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 spring it was tournaments. Part of me, it was it was harder. It was you know harder. What? I'll tell you why it was harder, and it was it was because I think the '91 draft that they actually started to talk about the combine. I flew that year in May before the draft. I went to the Islanders. I went to the Rangers on different trips out to New York. I went to New Jersey. I went to Vancouver. I went to all these cities. I went to about seven different cities. I did a VO2 testing in every city. I did. I was in better shape in the month of May than I was ever in my entire life. Um, and different fitness testing, you know, uh, on the treadmill in New Jersey, you ran till exhaustion. Uh, the Rangers were VO2 on the bike like the Oilers did. Uh, Vancouver was, you know, sprint testing. It was exhausting. And I'm back and forth across the country. I go to the Rangers. I fly back home. Next thing you know, I got to fly back to New Jersey because they want to come in the next. It was a disaster how much. You know how much? Not a disaster. You know, I'm not complaining, but it was it was time consuming. You're you're tired. You're you're trying to train, and you know you're trying to give your best impression for every NHL team. So the kind of that was starting to get a little crazy and a little goofy, and I think that's really when they started to make the real changes. Uh, what about 
uh, how much sort of person did they do any personality testing or any of that kind of stuff in the interview process? Um, basically, is what they would do would be a week before the draft, a lot like what we still do, where we kind of narrow it, narrowed it down, and and you've got a kind of a short ordered list on on who you want, and then kind of get grilled with, you know. 15, 20 people, the general manager, the assistant general manager, you know, the head coach and the scouting staff. Um, at the draft, at the time, we were in Buffalo, you know, so you'd go to the hotel, you'd meet. I remember the St. Louis Blues were interviewing me there. Um, and I remember them trying to get, trying for me to try to take off my suit jacket because I, you know, I mean, I, I'm a lot bigger now than I was at my draft year, but they were trying to figure out my frame, kind of how much I weighed. And I was very aware of, of you know, I, at the time in '91, you know, being 5'11", 165 pounds, it was kind of you know, I mean, that's a small, risky player, and right. So they're they're trying to gauge, and I'm, you know, it's 100 degrees in that room, and there's not a chance in the world that I'm taking my suit jacket off. There is no chance. <laughs> so, um, anyways, I mean, it it was fun, and you know, it's. It, Things have evolved a lot. The players have evolved a lot, obviously, um, you know, with their training regiments and their, their routines and, you know, the access in the Internet to, you know, different programs and and that. So it's, yeah, it, it, it's come a long way from, from 91, that's for sure. Well, it's come a long way as we're joined by Oilers head amateur scout, Tyler Wright, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. But, Tyler, this year it's just throw it out the window. I mean, you, you haven't seen anybody play since March 11th. Uh, you've had to conduct probably dozens of Zoom interviews for potential can, you know, uh, draft-eligible players. Has this challenge kind of the, the, the typical fashion in which every scouting staff in the NHL uh, deals with things? Yeah, but I think the biggest thing, um, you know, in true experience, I think in one thing that we try to really guard against every year is when we get to our midterm meetings, um, we if we're going to talk about a player, I want everybody in their region to have interviewed that player. So if we're going to talk, if you're going to talk about a player and have a player on your list, you must have interviewed them. Um, and not only that, you know, for myself and because of you know trials and tribulations of previous trials, where you know you're you're chasing around a kid because or a young man. Through because of injury, um, you know, lack of playing time. You know, more importantly, probably in the European leagues. You know, if the kids, you know, Tom Hurdle uh, is a good example for me in his draft year. You know, it was hard to get good viewings of him because he wasn't playing a ton. Um, then he would sit out, and then you know, nobody would really know where he was playing. So, really make an effort early, uh, especially in Europe, to get in there in October and November. Um, Primarily, would spend November and, and February in Europe. Um, obviously, World Juniors and that stuff. So, you know what we we've got a good book on a lot of these players. Obviously, it's just not as long because of the lack of playing time. But we're, we're pretty confident that you know the guys have been pretty good uh, and pretty diligent with you know with our viewings. Um, I mean, we're not the only ones. Obviously, there's 30 other teams that are going to go through the same thing that we are. So. Um, I think the challenging thing for us, um, we've conducted our interviews. We're going to do, con- you know, a little bit more of the Zoom calls. Um, we can pick anywhere from one to thirty-one. You know, there you go. Are, there you, you know, go. Some teams, some teams are, 
you know, they're going to be in that one to seven hole, and then the other ones are going to be in that fifteen to thirty-one hole. We could be anywhere. So, um, you know, we just we got a plan around that. We've we've done majority of the legwork. Uh, we still got a lot of videos to watch. Uh, we got a lot of different platforms that we that we've been using, and um, and just staying on top of things. And you know, obviously staying on top of that, but trying to get ready for next year. So it's it, it is some uncertainty, but. Uh, Got to find a way. All right. We have a texter that's asked a question here, uh, Tyler. You don't have to give away all the information on this, but uh, the text asks, can you ask Tyler about Hendrix Lapierre? Uh, if healthy, is he a top 12 talent? Uh, but, you know, injuries, I think of Peter Sikora in his draft year, right? I mean, Sicky was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to go in the top five. I think he draft, dropped all the way to 17. And then he turned out to be a part of New Jersey's greatest line ever with, you know, Jason Arnott and Patrick Eliash. So pretty good player and a guy who spent a lot of time at Edmonton back in the mid-1990s. Real decent dude. So, I mean, injuries are a part of it. Morgan Riley with the Maple Leafs in the 2012 draft, right? He uh, didn't – Galchenyuk as well. So, you know, th- there's two guys that went three and five. Um, Riley's a star. Uh, the guy that went number one, Yakupov, has bounced around now in the KHL. But how much of a factor is injuries? And, and can you tell us a little about uh, Henrik Slapier? Yeah, for sure. I think it's a huge part. Um, obviously, with, with Henrik's, um, you know, we're, we're talking about concussions here for, for the most part. Uh, and then... Uh, there's some misdiagnosed on on kind of on the second one with you know some neck um, stuff, but at the end of the day, we we bring in our medical fields and um, you know we get them to evaluate the records. We have access to to all the records and, and the protocols that they go through. So we'll go through that diligently with with our medical field, and um, obviously we'll have an access to side his name. You know, he's a, a top-rated player going into this year's draft. But like you said, um, there is some uncertainty. I mean, you named three or four players that had happened where they go on to have very successful and long careers. I think you could say the same thing, you know, without naming names on a couple of um, kids. And even in the most recently that have been taken in the first round that had injury issues that, that have gone on and unfortunately not had very successful careers. So um, it does weigh into our thought process a little bit, but uh, at the end of the day, um, until we get really to that draft table and see where they're at, um, we're going to have our list and we'll pretty much, you know, that's that's why we create these lists is, is to go off of them. So good player. He's got some history that you have to make sure that you include your medical field and, and, and see where he falls. I'm going to circle back to the de- Devils. They had, you know, I give him credit for Pete Sikora. I remember when David Conte and uh, Lou Lamarillo drafted Adrian Foster uh, out of, I believe, the Saskatoon Blades, and he was a stud in uh, in the Calgary minor league system growing up, and he'd gotten hurt and had suffered a couple sort of abdominal, air, you know, sort of core issues and never was able to get past it. But a lot of people thought, there's an example of a guy that, that was a different type of injury, but people thought he might be able to progress. So I'll ask you a different type of question then as we're joined by Tyler Wright, the Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting. Tyler, the Oilers have taken defensemen with their first picks in each of the last two years. Uh, Philip Broberg, 
and Evan Bouchard. Uh, under Ken Holland, uh, there's a plan here to, you know, if it's up to me, it's all about drafting and development. That's how the best organizations run. We're going to take our time, especially on defense. Uh, however, could, theoretically, if it came down to a decision between a forward and a defenseman, would you look at the fact that the last two years you've taken a couple D and you might need a little bit more help in terms of the prospect pipeline at forward? Um, you know, I, I am the most boringest interview that, and, and, and say the politically, not the correct thing, but it's what everybody does in the industry at the end of the day. Um, you make a list, you want the best player available, whether it's a goaltender, whether it's, uh, you know, it's a forward or a defense, it becomes a little bit of a, a game when it, when you, when you start talking about, to, you know, you get to the draft table, uh, you might be able to be in a, in a trade back scenario um, because you do have a player rated high because maybe it's a defenseman that, um, you know, might be on the board or on your board that people want. Um, so I don't think you just take a player because of necessity and need. You have to take the best player that you can at that time. And I know it's not exactly what the fans and the people want to hear, but at the end of the day, you do need the best player that's on that draft board. And if that's a defenseman, then that's who we're going to go with. All right. Uh, hey, Tyler, we appreciate Do we even know when the draft's going to take place? Like, Do you have a range of when you think it's going to happen? Well, if I was going to guess, I would say probably to the beginning, to the middle of October. Um, you know, that would be my guess, but I don't get told a lot of things. So. <laughs> All right. Hey, Tyler, we appreciate the time, and we love the uh, the levity you provided us with the thoughts of the 1991 draft. You still got in over 600 games. Uh, that's a, a great accomplishment, and it's more than 600-plus that I played, so I tip my hat to any man that's good enough to play just one game in that league. We appreciate your time, and unfortunately for you, we, we will be bothering you down the road here maybe in three weeks to a month, okay? Yeah, anytime. I've got an open schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. That is uh, Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 125 uh, in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you along with Cody Jansen. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We just had uh, Tyler Wright on the show, Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting. We'll tell you there's an old saying in the car business, at least in these parts, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. But outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is a nine-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase and will continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford help you out. You can reach them at calling them at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. To our Ashley Fine Floors text line, Jason from Sangudo has texted the show to say, Bob, I assumed uh, you would have a list of uh, sunshine girls as former ex-roommates, not a dude named the Chiseler. That one comes to us from uh, Jason from Sangudo. Jason, I drove past Sangudo on my way back uh, into Edmonton yesterday. Always liked the uh, that that bridge at Pembina River on Highway 16. That is uh, 
That is one deep gully, let me tell you. I wouldn't have wanted to plant that back in the day. I don't think I would have been able to scale up that baby. 780-496-0063. Again, you can text us at any time. This text comes in from Trevor. Although not the greatest player ever, one of my favorite players is we discussed Kevin Lowe for the Hall of Fame, and, and virtually all the responses we got were positive in that regard. Bob, one of my favorite players, says Trevor, was Ryan Smith. Uh, if there's a trophy for heart and determination, it would be his. Well, I think we saw a sign of that. Global Television and 630 Chad uh, combined, and I know Kevin Carius uh, every night at uh, 6... 25-ish, 630-ish, released some information. There was a vote. Over 54,000 people voted uh, for the first and second sort of all-star teams for the Oilers in history. And Ryan Smith beat out Hockey Hall of Famer Glenn Anderson in the eyes of the fans as one of the six forwards. Uh, Obviously, Gretzky, Messier, Curry, along with Dreisaitl and McDavid. But Ryan Smith, I think a little bit of a surprise for me at least, uh, beat out Glenn Anderson. Uh, Glenn Anderson is the only player in NHL history who is top 10 in NHL playoff goals, assists, points, uh, game-winning goals, overtime goals, and penalty minutes. Uh, He's a pretty high-profile, prolific money player. And for those of you that grew up watching the Oilers and recall the 88-90 playoffs against Boston, when it came to closeout times against those two teams and those two Stanley Cup finals, like the Anderson-Messier-Simpson line in the 1990 final last two games, he scored six of the Oilers' goals en route to uh, victory. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.